Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. Whenever and wherever you're watching or listening, this is the Osmo NHL DFS Strategy Show, and I'm your host, Michael Clifford, a.k.a. Slim Cliffy. Joining me for the next hour to talk about the Daz, and only the Daz, our single-entry assassin, Mr. Joshua Harris. Josh, how are you doing today, buddy? Doing pretty well. 150K richer, I am not, but the Daz is. He's got a nice trophy coming to uh, Canada pretty soon. He didn't make the trip to Nashville, but that's all right if I made it. I don't think I would have made the trip either because I'm old and broken and traveling hurts. <laughs> but, you know, great performance by him using a third line, Boston three, low-owned guys and a huge total. Brought home the win. Yeah, um, just to kind of catch everybody up with what we're talking about here, because um, we haven't had a show since Saturday. Saturday night was the Fantasy Hockey World Championships over on DraftKings, they took place down in Nashville. Um, our boss, Jake Harry, was there, and we had five other subscribers there. So we had six, quote-unquote, Osmo people there, and one of them took it down. Uh, first place, the Daz took uh, the 150K plus the 80K, 80K, 75K uh, Tournament of Champions ticket, um, 225K total. He did it using Calgary 1 full-line stack. Uh, but what got him there was Charlie Coyle and Craig Smith, two-man Boston three-stack. Uh, Coyle got a late goal. Craig Smith, I think, scored the first two. Coyle got the late one. The late goal kind of pushed him over the top. And it was a good sweat going in, into that overtime, too, because I think if a couple things uh, happened in that Seattle-Montreal overtime, which was the last game um, of you know that Fantasy Hockey World Championship slate, uh, things could have changed. But uh, you know things certainly worked. Out in his favor, he had a great lineup. Uh, he had a great night. Uh, congrats to Zig30 in our uh, Discord chat, the Daz over on DraftKings, taking down the Fantasy Hockey World Championship. Uh, that's got to be a good feeling, man. I've never been to a tournament. Um, I know you've been. What's it like to kind of chase, when, once you get there, to uh, you know chase that first-place prize? It's pretty fun. Uh, I will say that DraftKings picked the absolute worst five games of the season have their high final like it, it's a it's an awesome atmosphere um you know there, it, it was held at the same place it was a few years ago when i was there at top golf in nashville which is fun um i can't golf because you know my back is just miserable but i know some other guys golf you know they have you know food drinks get to sweat it i mean i was dead upon arrival when i was there but like it was a fun experience. You know, our, our pal Drew, Drewby won that year. I sweated out with him. He had an overtime sweat as well. Um, you know, it, it's actually, it's, it's a really fun experience. You get to put some faces to names that you wouldn't normally anyway. I mean, I'm fairly introverted, 
but I enjoyed myself. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that being a pretty good time. Uh, get away to Nashville for a weekend, meet with some people that you probably haven't met before and hang out and talk hockey, watch hockey, maybe win at hockey. Zig 30 certainly did win. So congrats again to him. Uh, but now the Fantasy Hockey World Championship is in our rearview mirror. We have an 11 game slate up ahead tonight. Uh, we have a lot uh, to talk about on these slates. So if we go a little bit past uh, 3 p.m. Eastern, just hang around with us because we will get through all these games. We are brought to you by Yahoo Fantasy. Yahoo has been our sponsor this entire season. They've been very good to us. And if you're uh, new to Yahoo, have not played over there before, uh, we have a giveaway uh, for first-time users over on Yahoo. We'll talk about a little bit later in the show. Uh, before we get too much further, if uh, the people in the chat could throw us a thumbs up, click that like button. Uh, the likes really help us out. The subscriptions help us out even more. So click that subscribe button if you're new here. Help grow this channel. Help these shows keep coming on a regular basis, especially now with baseball actually only like three or so weeks away. Uh, we're going to have a lot uh, of DFS uh, content going up on the old YouTube channel. Um, once you've done all that, click the alert, uh, click the notification bell to get alerts whenever we do go live. Up on the site today, we have free stuff up on the site. Uh, my Power Plays article for NHL was posted, uh, I believe. So uh, go check that out. I think Eric Johnson may not be such a great play anymore now that we got confirmation that Josh Manson is in tonight for Colorado. But we'll talk about that uh, when the game comes around. We also have free uh, premium tools and data up on the site. NBA main slate ownership projections are up. Our NHL top stacks are up. And the PGA golfer projections for this week are all up on the site free for anybody to peruse uh, today. So head on over to Osmo.com, whether you're playing NBA or NHL tonight or PGA later this week. Uh, we're also uh, giving away a free month of Osmo Plus Platinum through our podcast channel. So head on over to the Osmo podcast channel, leave a five-star review with your Twitter username or Osmo username. If you do that, you'll be entered to win a free month of Osmo Plus Platinum. We're also excited to announce our Osmo Bracket Contest. Click the link in the video description below to enter by signing up for a Yahoo or for a YouTube membership to our channel. First place in the bracket will receive a free year of Osmo Plus and premium betting picks access with prizes going to the other top 10 finishers as well. Uh, March Madness right around the corner. So be sure you get into the Osmo Bracket Contest, uh, a free uh, year of Osmo Plus plus premium betting picks. Not a bad uh, little giveaway uh, for finishing first in that contest. I see you rubbing your hands. You seem uh, pretty excited. Oh. No, it's the first time Rutgers has been in. Well, they're in a play-in game, but that's the first time they've been in since I can remember. I have them winning it all, despite them not even in the field of 64 yet, but Rutgers. Yeah, I, I, I follow a couple Rutgers fans. I think I worked with one at a different fantasy site. It's just like it comes out of nowhere like September will roll around and all of a sudden it's just like my feet is just all like Rutgers football. And I'm like, who follows Rutgers football? But I, I suppose if you went to Rutgers, good for you. We're not here to talk about college football though, or college basketball. We're here to talk about the NHL. So let's start talking about it. Let's get to our first game of the night. We have the Dallas stars with a 3.0 implied gold total. They're going into Toronto. The Toronto Maple Leafs have a 3.4 implied gold total um there's big news on both sides here uh, like Miro Hiskinen is still out um he was um diagnosed with uh, mononucleosis the old kissing disease 
Uh, he's not uh, going to be back anytime soon, it looks like. I think that's something that's kind of gotten glossed over a little bit because Haskinen has been elite this year. I know he hasn't put up great fantasy numbers uh, for our purposes, but he's been elite defensively, uh, by far their best defenseman. I think that's you know a fairly significant loss to their blue line. On the flip side, Toronto will be without Austin Matthews. He got suspended for two games for cross-checking somebody in the head, and it's like... I wish they would call that more consistently, but I don't know how you argue a cross-check to the head uh, being a suspension. Um, he will be out. John Tavares will be taking his spot up on the top line with Mitch Marner and Michael Bunting. Um, Eric Calgren is starting in net for Toronto here. Uh, AHL goalie, like, I guess it makes sense with uh, Campbell injured and Morazic just sucking. Um, surely this guy can't be worse than those two have been since Christmas, but the Leafs never fail to surprise me. So what do you got here, Josh? Yeah, we had a pretty spirited argument about uh, Toronto One's top stack chance um, in our Discord set. And like, okay, I agree with what they're saying. I just think it was for the wrong reasons. I don't think you need to dismiss this line just because, you know, Tavares and Marner don't have great numbers together. Um, you know, Dallas is not a very good team. Which is like they're missing their best defenseman. Jake Ottinger is up and down at best. The pro- the problem I have with Toronto one is the matchup. They're going to be you know locking horns with Hints, Pavelski, and Robertson all night. That's just not a great matchup for them. So while I understand their top stack percentage, I do generally agree with what most people were saying in the chat that in one to three, I'd probably fade them. You know. Bunting and Marner have very good numbers together, and I do agree that is because of Matthews. You you look at their wowies, you know, they don't have a huge sample without Matthews, but from the little sample it is, not very good. You know, Tavares and Marner, when they first got put together this season, their historical numbers were awful. They started playing better together. So, like, I was, I, I think, you know, they'll be fine together. But, like, this matchup isn't great. But, again, like, the Stars aren't great defensively. Um, missing Haskin and Ottinger. One to three, like, I'm probably going to fade Toronto one here. But I, I think it would be a mistake to fully cancel them out if you're making 150. Like, if, if you're making 20, I guess you can make a choice. But 150, I think you should have some here. That I mean, the thing is, like, the Stars have an elite power play. Or, uh, penalty kill like they're lowest in the nhl expected goals against on the penalty kill so i don't think you need to power play stack you don't have to get silly and leave off bunching at a knee land or something like that they're coming in low owned enough where you can just full stack the line and hope they can get their five on five like hints robertson robertson's very good line very good offensively decent defensively you know they went through a stretch where they didn't play great so i think in mme Toronto one makes sense. You're going down the lineup. Uh, Mrs. Robertson going to be in the stands for, to watch her son's play. So if you want some min price, Nikki Rob as a narrative street play, sure. Like, I, I don't mind that second line, even with Kerfoot there. I think Robertson Nylander makes some sense just because you're going into old Dallas one here, Ben Sagan, Radulov. I cannot imagine that line being anything, you know, semblance of what they were defensively a few years ago so i i think of like robertson nylander is fine it's cheap 
So, yeah, I'm okay with that. On the Dallas side, I, I do really like Dallas one here. They're coming in around 8%, which I, I think is a tad low. But the total, you know, Tor- for some reason, the Toronto total is higher. And, you know, Dallas is on the road. But I, I do really like Dallas one here. Uh, defensive numbers without Matthews on the top line, you know, tank pretty crazily compared to when Matthews is there. So I'm in on Dallas one. You want to go to old Dallas two here or old Dallas one here. They're 10, one to full stack on DraftKings. You don't have to full stack, but they are fully correlated. And if, you know, you're trying to power play stack, you know, something spicy like Edmonton or an expensive power play stack, like Jamie Ben Radulov, two man is 5,900 and they're getting no ownership. So I don't mind that. Also don't mind Dennis Gurionov as a one-off, but you know, this seems like an important game right off the hop. Yeah, it definitely does seem pretty important. I will say it's Dallas one that's attracting me here uh, immediately. You talk about Marner playing without Matthews and bunting without Matthews and all that. Like they do have time away from Austin Matthews, not necessarily together, but playing with other wingers. They played, you know, bunting's played on the third line this year. Marner has been playing with Tavares at times. None of the samples are good. Uh, Marner in general playing without Austin Matthews, 47% of the shot attempts, 46% of the expected goals, 3.0 expected goals against for 60 minutes when he's not skating, when he's skating with anybody but Austin Matthews. If you look at buntings, it's pretty much the same thing. 48% of the shot share, 48% of the expected goals. Like it, it can't be overstated just how good Austin Matthews is. He's the top three player in hockey. Like and if you look at John Tavares's impacts this year, his defensive impacts are just bad. Like not like hovering around average or something. They're bad. So like he can probably still pretty good op- be still pretty good offensively. And, you know, top line of Tavares and Marner with Bunting could probably do well. Um, but if you're going to tell me that, that that top line is going to come in, you know, re- you know, relatively under own, but that the Dallas top line is going to come in with the same ownership or roughly the same ownership, and we have a long sample of that trio being very good together. Even their last hundred minutes, as they've started to fall off a bit defensively, they're still generating 3.4 expected goals for 60 minutes. Like they're still excellent offensively. So like, I mean, maybe this Eric Calgren guy <laughs> is kind of the cure for what's ailing the Leafs goaltending right now. But uh, that Matthews loss is a significant one at both ends of the ice and defensively, especially so. Dallas one is my favorite line in this game. Um, I don't think it's necessarily close. Um, like, I think I'd probably just get away from Toronto one. Like Tavares and Marner just haven't played well together this year. Like we talked about it a lot on the show. You talked about it. Like they just have not had a good sample together. 200 minutes together. They're a break even line. That's not very good uh, for how good those two guys probably should be. So out on Toronto one, it would be Toronto two that I would look to like Nylander and Kerfoot as much as I make fun of them, like for the prices, you can get away with it, right? You don't need a massive score for them uh, to pay off. So, you know, especially where Kasha has moved to the top power play unit. Like, I think you're fine to three man stack them as a filler, but it is Dallas one. I like most in this game on the blue line. uh, Not much here on the, (laughs) on the Toronto side. There never really is. I mean, John Klingberg, if you're playing Dallas one for that power play time, um, Yanni Hockenpah, uh, min price 2500 gotta love him on DraftKings as well who you got in this game yeah the fin- the finish Jay Carey is definitely in play at min price um, you know as long as the third pair remains Harley Hanley Hawkenpah is going to get over 20 minutes 
you know, if you're using Dallas one, either Esselindel or Klingberg makes sense. If you're using Dallas two, Ryan Suter makes some sense just to, you know, get the four old guys in. And then on Toronto side, you know, nothing. Yeah. Um, there's just not much on like, I mean, I'm no, there's just nothing on the Toronto side. I want to play unless you just want to like pretty much guess. Uh, let's get to this next game. Then Arizona is going into Montreal. Arizona has a 2.7 implied goal total. The Montreal Canadians have a 3.3 implied goal total. Arizona just played last night uh, in Ottawa, beat Ottawa 5-3, I believe it was. Lost to Krause, uh, had a hat trick. Nick Schmaltz had a couple more points. That guy's just been absolutely on fire for about a month and a half now. Montreal looks like they may be sitting some players out. Uh, one, we don't know what their lines are because they haven't skipped because they had a back to back on the weekend, didn't practice yesterday, had an optional ish type skate here today. And in their last game, they completely changed up their top six. They moved Brendan Gallagher uh, up to the top line with Nick Suzuki uh, and moved Josh Anderson down uh, along with Cole Caulfield. So, you know, for the last month, the top line had been Suzuki, Caulfield, and Anderson for the last 40 minutes of game time. They changed it up and we don't have a practice to tell us what the lines are going to be for Montreal here tonight. So we're kind of guessing Hoffman, Suzuki, Gallagher, because that's how they finished the last game. But it wouldn't surprise me uh, if we got to warmups and it was Caulfield, Suzuki and Anderson, because that has been the line for the last month, like since Tyler Toffoli got traded. So um, not sure what we're going to do about Montreal. I mean, on the on the Arizona side, I'm wondering how long that top line can keep shooting 20 percent because that's exactly what they've been doing for like the last five weeks. Um, I don't know. Ben Schrott out probably doesn't change a lot for me for Montreal, but we could see some funky lineups here tonight. What do you think about this? Mars St. Louis said the Habs might go 13-5 tonight if everyone's held. I don't know. He said there's people banged up. Too. I don't even know. This is a, like, if you're thinking about playing the Habs tonight, uh, you've got to be around for warmups at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. That being said, uh, with in regards to Nick Schmaltz, the biggest knock on him coming into the past few seasons is he's just never shot the puck. Now he's shooting the puck, and now he's shooting at like four thousand percent, which is <laughs> like maybe not sustainable. But like I like Nick Schmaltz that he's shooting the puck, whether it goes in or not. Consistently now is not a thing. Like he's his fantasy value goes way up if he shoots the puck. So I, I don't mind Arizona one here just because they're coming in at two percent. Like, for whatever reason, whenever uh, – it's probably because they're priced up, but whenever, you know, Arizona was priced down, they're coming in way over-owned on a huge slate and you don't want to play them. But, like, here this is a pretty – this is a good power play matchup. They are back-to-back on the road, which is a concern, and I probably won't play any Arizona in one to three. But if if I was MMEing tonight, I, I would have some Arizona one in my mix, specifically Keller and Schmaltz. Or, you know, Galchenyuk, Kraus, Kessel. I think that's fine as well as a filler. They're super cheap and they let you do whatever you want. So like a Kraus, Kessel, two-man for 5,900. Again, like let you get in some power play stacks. They get power play correlation themselves against a terrible penalty kill. So one to three, I'm, you know, you know, you can't really prioritize <laughs> Arizona back-to-back on the road in one to three lineups. But I think if you're making 20 to 150, I think having a little bit there makes some sense. And then on the Montreal side, I think it really depends on these lines because you look at the – right now in our lineup builder, we have Hoffman, Suzuki, Gallagher, Caulfield, Pitlick, Anderson, and the ownership on these lines are just 
they're way over owned here. It, it is a really good spot, but it is Vizmelka in that, not Wedgwood. And it does worry me a little bit at these ownership percentages. I will say if they go back to the old lines and you don't get that news to like 645, you might be able to get Suzuki, Caulfield, Anderson for a bit lower as the threesome than you normally would. That maybe because a lot of these lineup sites have it um, this way. But, you know, everyone is used to Suzuki, Caulfield, Anderson. So people might just be building Suzuki, Caulfield, Anderson, despite what these lineup sites are saying. So I don't know. You just have to wait and see. 13 forwards would be weird. It's overowned as it is, but it is a very good power play spot. So I don't mind, you know, doing some sort of power play stack. Yeah, it's honestly the Arizona top line that's kind of drawing me here a little bit. Like Montreal has been using Jake Evans at times as kind of like a shut pseudo shutdown role. Like he doesn't take all the top line matchups. Like the Suzuki line will probably take, or um, sorry, the second line will probably take some that Remy Pitlick line. Um, but Jake Evans and Paul Byron have been getting some shutdown minutes and that duo just hasn't been good for Montreal this year. Uh, 45% shot share, their uh, scoring chance share is well under 40%. So like if they're going out against Arizona one here tonight and like Montreal, we talk about it, they're still having their defensive problems, both at five on five and on the penalty kill. They're going out against Arizona one tonight. Arizona one would probably be my favorite line in this game because like you said, Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Assuming these Montreal lines that we have in our lineup builder hold constant, one out of four uh, lineups tonight are going to have a Montreal stack in them. Like, that is unbelievable for an 11-game slate, that one out of four entries are going to have a Montreal stack in them. That's just... The ownership is what's kind of drawing me away. So uh, what I might do is just like I'm playing 20 max tonight. I might just have two sets um, of runs, one with these uh, Montreal lineups as we have them in the lineup builder once with their old lineup uh, with uh, Anderson and Caulfield on the top line, just to make sure I have my bases covered um, in case that is the combination at warm ups, because that's one combination I would uh, absolutely go towards. I just don't know if I want to play these lines at, you know, 15% or whatever they might come in as uh, in this matchup. So 
TBD, um, what I do with Montreal, I do like Arizona one again in this game. Uh, I suppose if you want to dip down to Arizona two, it's fine, but I, that feels like chasing that Lawson Kraus hat trick at this point. So I would stick with Arizona one on the blue line. Uh, with Ben Schrott out, it kind of makes it interesting how these minutes might go. Like, but I imagine, I don't think there's a really huge difference between between the top four guys at this moment, other than who might be getting some power play time. So I think it would be like an Edmondson or a Romanoff or, or something like that. Um, I don't mind Goss despair on the Arizona side, you know, with Chicker now, he's probably going to play a lot of minutes. The Montreal penalty kills pretty bad. He seems all right to me as a one-off. What do you think here? Yeah. Ghost to be the guy really for me from this game. Petrie, I guess, is okay, or punting with Joel Edmondson or Brett Kulak, but, like, nothing really like, yep, going to play this guy, Edmund Price. If you happen to get there, it's fine. Yep. Uh, All right, let's get to our next game. Anaheim, 2.2 implied goal total. Going into New York to face the Rangers, the Rangers have a 3.4 implied goal total. Uh, The Rangers look like they're going to draw a fair bit of ownership here tonight. Uh, we talked about how the Montreal line, uh, top two lines, like one out of four lineups might have some sort of Montreal stack. It's going to be about the same for the Rangers. Somewhere's around one in four lineups are going to have some sort of Rangers stack. It's a function of price and matchup, at least over on DraftKings, um, you know, over on FanDuel. Uh, the top line is a little bit lesser owned because it's a lot more expensive. Uh, the second line, not so much. Uh, I was talking to you in chat about, well, not so much talking to you as I was lamenting what Artemi Panarin has been doing over the last month or so, because he's actually been on a tear points wise, but he also has 16 shots in his last 10 games. That is pretty bad. Now, this is a very good matchup with Anaheim in town. What do we do about the ownership and the pricing and all that here, Josh? so like the second line looks like it's going to be higher owned than the top line just because it's just a function of price you know what i mean like panarin's 5200 ryan strom 3600 dryden hunt still min price so that line on DraftKings is what like 11 3 or something like that that's just ridiculous super low i guess it's fine but like they're just that line is not very good five on five they're not good defensively they have trouble you know with entering the zone which is what you need to do to be good offensively so I think I'm going to go to the top line here that line has been good for the Rangers standards five on five with Lafreniere up there and I you know I saw a stat since Lafreniere made his NHL debut he leads the Rangers at five on five goals since that time so like I don't know really I don't really know what to make from that other than the Rangers suck five on five but like I think I'm going to go to the top line here just because, you know, lower ownership, the matchup, like not a huge deal. The Ducks have a terrible penalty kill. It's been really bad recently. John Gibson has been really bad lately. I I think, you know, going to the top line here is fine. You want to leave in Lafreniere, I think that's fine. There, I think there's two ways to attack the Rangers here tonight if you want to use them. You full stack the top line or you just flat out power play stack because it's cheap enough where you can get it in where you don't have to punt the other spots. So it's Rangers one or full on power play stack. Uh, On the duck side, not a lot of interest here, especially if Igor starts, but I think Comtois Henrique Terry is a bit interesting to me. 
if they get, you know, a fair bit of the strong line, which they will. I think that favors the Ducks' second line. If for some reason, Gallant's like, yeah, Georgiev is going to start tonight. I think I'm going to – I mean, I don't know if in one to three, but if I was 20 maxing, they would definitely be in the mix. Comtois, Henrique, Terry. They've been the Ducks' best line um, with Raquel and um, Baldy. Gets laugh out. So, yeah, Ducks two. Yeah, sorry, I had to work through that in my mind. So, I'm interested a little bit in Ducks two with the 2.2 total on the road. It's not spicy. It's like – it's not a great idea to go heavy on them, but for some reason, if Igor is out and it's Yorgiev, I'm interested in Ducks too. The team with the worst expected goals against while, uh, while shorthanded over the last six weeks is the New York Rangers. That was something that kind of surprised me. Um, the reason why they're not, uh, why their penalty kill hasn't looked awful by some numbers is the save percentage. Uh, Igor has a 917 save percentage on the penalty kill. Like goalies don't even get that at five on five. Like this guy has been absolutely unbelievable. So I think there is some merit to looking at either of the Anaheim lines for a stack because both are perfectly correlated on the power play. Neither are very expensive. It's the Comtois Henry Terry line. I agree with you. Um, that has looked good for them. Um, not a monster sample, but they've been uh, very much above water uh, by expected goal share, by scoring chances, things like that. The Rangers' second line has not. Again, it's the Igor problem. Um, you could run into – running into Igor is a very significant problem. Um, has been pretty much all season long. So I agree with you. I don't think I'm going to be in on Anaheim, assuming Igor starts tonight. If it is Georgiev for some reason, I it is that Comtois Henry Terry line. That does interest me here. Uh, I agree with you on the Rangers side. It's Rangers one or Rangers power play. One of the two uh, out of those for me. Uh, the Rangers top line has been very good of late. Uh, 55% of the expected goals uh, over their last 100 minutes together. That should be just fine going into this Anaheim team that has been struggling defensively. Um, on, as, as you mentioned, on the penalty kill, they're 26 by expected goals against uh, while the Rangers have a top three power play. So like this is a big power play mismatch. For the Rangers. So again, yeah, if you do want to like leave off Lafreniere and add in uh, Panarin to your line one stack and make it a power play, that's fine. Add in Adam Fox, go ahead. Um, all that stuff, just fine. Rangers one, Rangers power play, maybe Anaheim two. We'll see if Georgiev gets the start. On the blue line, wrote up Adam Fox in the power plays article. He strikes me as a perfect guy for this slate. I imagine he's going to have a lot of ownership. Uh, but a very reasonable price, a good power play matchup, a very good power play matchup for them. Um, I like Adam Fox here. Jacob Truba's kind of an interesting pivot. If you don't want to play like a 15 to 20% Adam Fox, I think, um, you know, it's still a, a fairly high total and a very good matchup. He can definitely get there, um, even though he is a little bit more expensive. So, you know, if, if you're not stacking the Rangers, but you want to get a piece of this game, I don't want Truba either. Finally, the, the Anaheim defenseman, are starting to get a little bit cheaper. Uh, Hampus at 3,200 on DraftKings seems fine. What do you think? Yep, I like Hampus. Uh, Fox is the guy on the Rangers. Troopers, $100 more expensive than Fox tonight, so he is a very interesting GPP pivot, I think. And then if you want to punt, like, Keandre Miller is fine. Like, his peripherals have come up a little bit recently, so I think you, you can roll the dice for 2,600. Yep. Uh, we are excited to announce the launch of our premium betting picks subscription. Click the link below to subscribe and join, join our betting picks discord channel. Each day, Alex Osmo Baker, Ben Raza, and Steve, the Colts buzzard 
Use Osmo's industry-leading projection models to identify the best potential ROI situations and provide catered snapshot betting analysis in an actionable time frame. Until March 17th, uh, which is this Thursday, you can get a discount on these best bets when you use the coupon Let Me See Those Picks at checkout, which will get you full access for only $15. Now, now's the time to get pre- a premium betting pick subscription just in time for March Madness. Click that link below for today's games. Uh, speaking of today's games, let's talk about another one over in the NHL. The New York Islanders have a 2.5 implied goal total. They're going into Washington. The Caps have a 3.1 implied goal total. Um, Lars Eller out of the lineup. Uh, he is on the COVID, COVID list. Now, remember that they stopped testing asymptomatic players. So um, if that means he's there's something going on there. Um, for Washington, that means uh, likely means Conor Michael sliding in as a third-line center for the Caps. But I wonder how much ice time that third line is actually going to get because they do use that Nick Dow, Garnet Hathaway duo as a shutdown duo sometimes. So I'm not sure that third line is going to be an actual third line uh, on the Islander side. Matthew Barzal returned on their, in their last game, but did not return to the top line. He's on the second line with Zach Parise and Oliver Wallstrom, not expecting a lot of goals here on either side, really. Uh, but that means it's an interesting tournament situation. I think, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, on paper, this is my least appealing game to target. That being said, it's kind of hard to ignore the Lee Nelson Bavillier numbers. Their sample's up to around 75 minutes, and they're still generating 4.3 expected goals, 4 per 60, 21 high, 21 high danger chances. Their possession numbers are starting to slip a little bit, but if you still can create that in 73 minutes, I think at no ownership tonight, I think it's a very interesting NME target. doesn't take much to get over the field. Um they have Kings two numbers, you know what I mean? And we love that line. That being said, like the Capitals are a pretty good defensive team. So this, this game just screams MME. Like I think Islanders one in MME makes some sense. If you want to get some Barzell Wallstrom, it makes some sense. On the cap side, like normally what I do with the caps is power play stack, but the Islanders don't take any penalties and they have a good penalty kill. So I just don't know what I'm going to do with the caps. I think, you know, full stacking the line in MME, like that top line is fine or the second line is fine, but like just hard to prioritize the caps on the slate despite a 3.1 total. It just, I don't know. It just feels like despite like knowing that Ovechkin is good five on five, that line just hasn't been great five on five. And they've been more reliant on the pa- the power play, but how many chances the honor is going to give them. So I just don't know if I can prioritize the caps tonight. Yeah. I don't really like uh, this matchup for Washington. Like the honors have been playing a lot better uh, basically since the calendar turned to 2022 and they passed, you know, all their early season troubles. The second line with Baxter, Mantha and Oshi hasn't really started to come together yet. I don't think that's a big surprise. All three guys have missed significant time this year. Mantha's only been back for a few games now. Um, but in their 55-minute sample, 47% of the shot attempts, 46% of the scoring chances, well below average by scoring chances allowed. Like, they haven't been very good. That might be the shutdown line going into Nelson, Lee, and Beauvillier. And that line has actually been pretty good uh, in their in their sample together. Uh, 48 scoring chances per 60 minutes at 5-on-5 five five for that Islanders top line, coming in with literally no ownership, 0.1%. Ah, uh, 
I'm not saying I'm going to run out to play that Islanders top line, but I think this is definitely a spot in 20 max, 150s, et cetera, et cetera, where I would at least be considering them as, as you know, a higher end filler uh, going into what hasn't been a very good uh, Washington shutdown line so far this year. And they have been excellent since they've been put together. Um, it's not just their scoring, it's their underlying performance as well. So I think that top line for the Islanders at least needs to be considered here. On the flip side, like, here's my one big problem I have with Washington. Two big problems. One, you mentioned uh, the Islanders just don't take penalties, right? They're in the bottom five by time shorthanded over the last six weeks. They've been, you know, in the bottom, at the, near the bottom of the league pretty much the entire season. The other thing is, is like Ovechkin's losing a lot of ice time. Uh, it's basically been 18 minutes a game for the entire Washington top six. Earlier in the season, Ovechkin was playing like 21 to 22 minutes a night. That's a pretty big uh, loss in ice time. Um, you know, I, I think it's fine for the ownership. Like if you look at our top stacks, which are free up on the site today, by the way, there's no ownership coming on Washington one either, coming in at 0.6% on. Like there is a case to play them here. I just, they're losing ice time. I, Connor Sheary's been skating in the, on that top line of late. It's not a good power play matchup. Like I, Honestly, I think I'd rather play the Islanders top line in this matchup. So I think it's just Islanders one, possibly for me. Uh, I'm going to wait till I make my lineups, but that's it. On the blue line, uh, Noah Dobson's starting to get pretty expensive. Um, I don't know if I want to pay his price on the road. Uh, you know, same thing with guys like Pelic and Pollock, um, just too expensive for me. I think like a Nick Jensen or Martin Fairberry, if you want to get cheap on the Washington side, but that's probably about it for me. Yeah, nothing nothing is really popping for me. Like, I'm a Pulak guy, like, now that his peripherals are starting to come back, but, like, 5,200 in this matchup. I think, I like, if I had a choice, I would take no one from this, this blue line on either side. Yep, I agree with that. So let's move it along. Uh, Pittsburgh going into Nashville. Pittsburgh has a 3.1 implied goal total. Nashville has a 2.9 implied goal total. Uh, Casey DeSmith was uh, confirmed to start uh, instead of Tristan Jari uh, in this game. Uh, we usually like to pick on Casey DeSmith. The Nashville top line is coming in with almost no ownership. Uh, we've talked about it uh, and – you know, I briefly mentioned it, uh, I believe, in the Power Place article. Like, the Pittsburgh top line has still been pretty good offensively, but they're starting – their play has been starting to slide uh, a little bit. Uh, they're, in fact, they're only controlling 48% of the shot share in their last 100 minutes together. I see a below 1% Nashville top line, and I see a 1% Pittsburgh top line, and I think both – generally speaking, have been pretty good top lines this year. I think there's a lot of reason to like this game. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, there was no ownership in the last game. There's no ownership in this game, but I like this game much more. You know, Nashville's penalty kill hasn't been great. UC Saros, it's similar to the Rangers situation. UC Saros is bailing them out on the penalty kill, but he's been leaky of late, on, the, especially on the penalty kill. Teams have been taking advantage of the Predators here. So I think, you know, Pitt's one, Pitt 1 makes some sense especially at that ownership. They're the most expensive stack on DraftKings at 21K, but they're getting 1% ownership. I think a 1% pit one going in fully correlated on the power play, getting a porous penalty kill definitely makes some sense. And on the flip side, like Forsberg and Duchesne have really started to crank it up offensively since Ryan Johansson has moved there, which is hilarious. Like, I don't know what the difference is between him and Michael Granlund, except they're 
country of origin. Like they're pretty much the same player at this point, but like, I don't know. They're, they seem rejuvenated with Johansson there. Um, I know Forsberg has a pretty long historical sample with Johansson, but like you said, like pit one has become pretty leaky. So I think, you know, 2.9 total, they're expecting the Preds to score and they don't have great depth. So it's going to be coming from the top line. So I, I do like Nashville one here at that ownership. So like both top lines are in play for me, maybe even in one to three, especially in MME. And it's like, even if they were like three, 4% on each side, four or 5%, something like that, I'd still have them in consideration. But if they're going to come in around 1%, I'm definitely going to have them in my mix. Um, going down to the depth lines, maybe I'd have some some uh, pit too, because the depth of Nashville is just not great, especially once you get past the Yossi matchup too. Like their blue line depth isn't great. So pit two makes some sense with almost no ownership either as a filler. You know, Malkin's fairly pricey, but Erod and, and Heinen are really cheap. So I think, you know, if you go to secondary lines, it'd be pit two over anything on the national side. Yeah, I do like both top lines uh, in this game. I wrote up Jake Gensel in the Power Plays article for this reason, and it's the Pittsburgh Power Play slash the Nashville penalty kill, like you mentioned. Uh, Nashville is still one of the most penalized teams uh, in the league. The penalty kill has gotten a little bit better as the season's gone on, but it's not great or anything. Um, and like I said, they're still taking a lot of penalties. Pittsburgh's power play over the last month, 8.7 expected goals for per 60 minutes, uh, 12.6 actual goals. They're just absolutely blowing the opponent out of the water on the power play. Nashville gives them four or five power plays or something like that here tonight. Could be a good night for Pittsburgh one. So pardon me. I do like Pittsburgh one uh, in this matchup. I know they're really, they're really expensive over on FanDuel. I think you're fine to just use two out of the three, but you know, we don't like to break up that line, but I understand stacking on that site is just a lot harder, but where they're 21 K on DraftKings, one of the best leverage spots of the entire night. I do like Pittsburgh one. They're going to be in consideration as a core stack for me here tonight. Usually I have a couple, two or three core stacks on a slate like this. They are in consideration for me for being a core stack. As far as Pittsburgh 2 goes, here's the thing that worries me about them. I looked at their last game. When Pittsburgh got up 3-2, they just got benched for the final six minutes of the game. Like, they just did not see the ice. Malcolm wasn't even out there with the empty net. So, like, that's that's the one thing that worries me is, like, if this is a 3-1 game going in late into the third period or something like that, Malcolm might not see the ice. Erod might not see the ice. You know what I mean? So, like, I think it's probably Pittsburgh 1 for me. In this game, I also do like Nashville one uh, again, coming with no ownership, coming in at a much lower price. Um, Pittsburgh, you know, it is it can be a tough uh, top line matchup uh, going up against um, against that pit one line. But they have been a little bit more leaky. The thing is, Pittsburgh just doesn't pit, take penalties. They take even less than the Islanders do. So did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't know if Nashville one has the same upside as Pittsburgh one here tonight. So it's pit one for me out of this game on the blue line. Roman Yossi has been on an absolute tear of late. He's never a bad play. I don't think, but I, again, this is a situation where I, I think Chris Letang makes sense for the power play matchup. Also Mike Matheson jumped to the top pair in the last game, played like 22 minutes. Don't mind him for 3K. What do you think? Yeah, I think, you know, the the expensive guys, if you're correlating or even as one-offs, make for some spicy GPP plays. Um, Matheson, I agree, uh, 3K. Um, wow, that was a big one. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I'll let you talk about that. I'll let you read that. That is a spicy meatball from the world champ. Yeah, Um a super chat in the YouTube super chat from the champ himself, David Ziegler, the Daz on DraftKings, uh, $400 super chat. Thank you very much. That's incredibly generous. We, uh, we really appreciate it. He says, just wanted to remind Slim Cliffy that he suggested a Coyle Smith two-man during the Saturday show. Either gave me the idea or helped reinforce my prior choice. Ultimately wound up being huge. Thanks for the great advice. Well, listen, we recommend a lot of stuff on the shows. You're the one that still had to go out and actually play that. Uh, in your fantasy hockey world championship lineup, we're just really glad it worked out. Um, That's just, yeah. I mean, we, I mean, we don't talk about third lines super often, but like you still have to click them in, yeah. in a 40 man field with that amount of money on the line. So yeah, I, I think the congrats goes to him for actually having, um, you know, the, the fortitude to click in that in one lineup. Yeah. In one multiple. lineup. Um, a really good job by you. Thank you very much for your super chat. Uh, very generous. We very much appreciate it. Uh, here's to uh, maybe a back-to-back fantasy hockey world championship next season. Um, we have partnered with Yahoo Fantasy this NHL season to bring you some great offers. Check out our exclusive limited time offer, which gets you one free month of Osmo Plus Platinum. To qualify, you need to be new to Yahoo. Sign up for an account via the link below. Deposit and play. That's it. Yahoo will send us your name after you've played in your first paid contest, and we will reach out via email with your coupon. If you'd like to speed up the process of getting access, email support at osmo.com, and we'll get you set up right away. You can also claim a free $10 of site credit by clicking the link in the video description below, and that can be used to enter any Yahoo contest, including tonight's 1.5,000 NHL baller. Make sure to use our DFS tools and projections designed specifically for Yahoo to give yourself the best shot at winning big. All right, let's get to our next game. We have uh, Vegas with a 3.0 implied goal total. They're going into Winnipeg. The Jets have a 3.1 implied goal total. Uh, Vegas just put Riley Smith on the IR, so he's definitely not coming back uh, for a little while yet. Uh, they put w- William Carlson and Jonathan Marchessault are on the top line. Now, William Carlson's playing the wing, I think, for the first time since back in Columbus. On the fourth uh, line with Torts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, William Carlson, Jack Eichel, Jonathan Marceau looks to be the top line for Vegas. On the Winnipeg side, Nikolai Ehlers has jumped to the second line with Pierre-Luc Dubois and Kyle Connor, and that looks like a very tantalizing duo from a fantasy perspective. Andrew Kopp 
uh, is officially a game time decision, did not skate at practice today. Um, that might change up how they match up their lines, but I'm going to be honest with you. I think that, that both of the Vegas top two lines are going to be relatively the same defensively. So I don't know that line matching is really a huge deal in this game. Um, it's just, you know, whether cop is in the lineup or not might be a little bit of a big deal. What do you like in this one? I mean, if cops out, that means Shifley Wheeler going to go out against Eichel, which actually maybe favors Eichel more than seeing the third line. I know that third line has been great, but like, it can't be unstated how bad Shifley and Wheeler are defensively. So from that perspective, I mean, a three total on the road, nonetheless, coming in at 3%. I think that top line for Vegas is interesting. It sucks because like, Eichel's been, he's had different line mates every game. So he hasn't, he hasn't really like gotten into a groove, but I think it's an interesting play. Um, you know, Carlson's cheap enough where that, where that line is, you know, manageable in the mid range to play them against a very poor five on five line in Shifley and Wheeler. So I, I kind of like, you know, Vegas one here tonight on the Winnipeg side. I don't have my flowchart season notebook in front of me because, you know, someone cleaned the house. I never know where anything is after it's clean. Um, They're coming in around double digits. Like, I guess that's fine, but like, because Vegas doesn't have a very good penalty kill. Robin Leonard's on the IR too. They put, so it's at best, it's going to be Brossois, who I like. I like him as a goalie, but like Vegas penalty kill. With all these injuries, not great. So, like, I guess from a power place perspective, like Winnipeg 1 makes some sense. But I'd much prefer to go to Winnipeg 2 here. Connor Dubois, Ehlers, they came together for a few shifts a few games ago. They came together for most of the game, you know, um, last game. They seem to mesh pretty well together. So, yeah, I I do really like Winnipeg 2. So, I, I, despite them having higher ownership, I'd rather go to them than you know, double digits, Shifu Wheeler. If you want a power play stack, that's also fine. But uh, I think, you know, favorite thing on the Winnipeg side is going to full stack Winnipeg too. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, Winnipeg too hasn't played a lot, not with Ehlers there of late, obviously, because Ehlers was out for about six or seven weeks or something like that. But they have a 160 minute sample together this year. That's not nothing. Like, you know, that's about 20% of the season, roughly. Um in their sample together, 73 shot attempts per 60 minutes, 3.5 expected goals generated per 60 minutes. They are really, really good offensively. Um, you know, you get two out of the three guys on the top power play unit. They've really been leaning on uh, the top of their lineup of late. Like their top power play unit, Dubois, Connor, uh, Shifley, Wheeler, they've basically all been 20 plus minutes of late um i suspect ehlers now that he's up on that second line should probably get more ice time than he's been getting since his return as well so uh, like i really do like that winnipeg second line um i'm not too worried about which matchup again i think all the vegas matchups are relatively the same at least from a defensive perspective so winnipeg two for me uh in this game uh one of my favorite lines on the season uh one of my favorite lines here tonight uh the Winnipeg penalty kill hasn't been very great, very good. And they've been taking a lot of penalties. So like, I don't mind um, just full stacking that top line and then adding in, you know, like a Shea Theodore or something like that. Uh, if you want to do that on the Vegas side, 
Uh, but honestly, it's Vegas one or bust. Like I'm not, I'm not going to the second or third lines from Vegas. So if you're playing anything, it's the top line, and then maybe you throw in a Theodore uh, for some additional power play exposure or something like that. But it's it's Winnipeg two I like the most in this game. On the blue line, I mean Josh Morris, he's doing his thing again, playing like 25 minutes. Uh, he's up. He's definitely in play. Shea Theodore all the way down to 5K. Like he's had a tough season. I can't say he hasn't earned that price. What do you think? Yeah, but if you're gonna play Vegas especially Vegas top line. It's a three total against the not great penalty. I, like for 5K, you put in Shea Theodore and you live with it if he has like 2.6 K points. Like I think you have to take that chance. On the Edmonton – or Edmonton. On the Winnipeg side, Morrissey for some reason is getting like half the game. Which, <laughs> I wish Neil Pionk got half the game, but it is what it is. Morrissey is the guy you want to punt with DeMello or Dylan. I think that is fine. Uh, yep, let's get to our next game. And I see I made a mistake in the implied goal totals for this game. Chicago certainly does not have a 3.6 total at home against the Boston <laughs> Bruins. Uh, that's supposed to be a 2.6 total. My bad on that one. Uh, Boston, 3.4 total, total on the road. Chicago, 2.6 at home. I'm going to be honest here. I don't really like Boston in this spot. The problem is, is they're not getting very much ownership. And that worries me. Uh, like we've talked about it a lot. Chicago has been a lot better defensively since they fired Jeremy Colton, especially over the last couple months, like at least an average ish defensive team. And that's certainly a far cry from where they were in October and November. Uh, and beyond that, like both of their top two lines could be above water. Like the, the Brinkout Strom Kane line has actually been above water in their sample. 53% of the shot attempts, 54% of the expected goals. We don't have a huge sample on the second line, but Hagel and Taze have generally been good together as well this year. It, you know, not great, but generally fine. But that Boston top line has just been absolutely dynamic. They're just not scoring. Their shooting percentage has been really, really poor. Um, I don't want to play Boston one in this matchup, but that ownership is really drawing me. What do you think, Josh? Since January 30th, January 30th. I, I don't know how many games that is. That is over 10 games, 15 games. Oh, probably. yeah. Yeah, it'd be about 15 games. 15 games. How many times has Patrice Bergeron played over 19 minutes? I guess once. Once. Yeah. Once. You want to pay 7800 for 19 minutes on an 11-game slate? Not really. But this is – they're coming in at 25 3% against a team that has a very bad penalty kill. Like, the five-on-five matchup is not as juicy as it was, like, two months ago. But the penalty kill matchup – or the, the special teams matchup is still really good. The problem is they've – they were priced down into the six Ks because they haven't been getting minutes. Now they're priced up into the sevens, and the minutes have been the same. So, like, what do you do here? Because, like, DeBrusque doesn't get 19 minutes. They'll probably play, like, 15, 16. You know, Bergeron, Marchand – over 15K for the two of them for 17, 18. Like, they've consistently played, like, 17, 18 minutes since the middle of January. So and like, let's face it, they're not – this This isn't Calgary 1 scoring five goals every 60 minutes either. Like, they, they haven't been as good offensively as, you know, some other lines that might be priced high but are only playing 18 minutes a night. So, like, you're going to have to make a choice. It's a 3.4 total on the road. Good, good power play matchup. Not as good five-on-five matchup as it was. I think in MME, it makes sense to get over it because it won't take much. 
because if there's they start scoring like they're just gonna run over somebody like it's gonna happen and they can get there in 15 16 17 18 minutes but like i don't know if i can prioritize them the only thing that would get me onto them in one to three is because they're coming in with such low ownership so it's an ownership play for me in one to three in mme i think you know getting over the field isn't very hard and i think i would go over boston too it's like the it's the similar concerns you know what i mean like Taylor Hall's price is fine, but like he needs like a beach ball to score. Pasternak at AK, like his minutes are an issue at AK. So like, yeah, the both of the top lines are fine, but like it's a minutes concern for me. On the Hawks side, I just don't know if I'm gonna get to anything on the Hawks. Like Chicago one coming in higher owned than Boston one here. I'd much rather just go to Boston one for the last minutes, despite like. I guess you could take some stabs on that fully correlated. You know, Chicago is very power play reliant on their scoring. So, like, if you're going to do anything, you just full stack the top line in MME and call it a day. I was looking at our lineup builder, and we have the Chicago top line projected for 0.3 more DraftKings points than the Boston top yeah. line. Like, like I said, they've been pretty good together. I, I think there is definitely a, a case for playing Chicago here tonight. Um, especially with Linus Allmark starting, right? It's not Jeremy Swayman in net for Boston. So Swayman's been, you know, a brick wall, you know, for, since Christmas, basically. Um, Allmark has been struggling a little bit. I think there is a case to play Chicago one here, but I'm going to be honest. This is probably a game where I'm not going to be playing either side in my 20 maxes. Like, I don't, I don't think I'm going to get there. There are other spots. Like, I'd rather play Pittsburgh one than Boston one here tonight. That's just the way it is. Um, uh, you know, I think I'd, I'd rather, I'd almost rather play Chicago one than Boston one here tonight as well. So um, I think for me, if anything out of this game, it would be Chicago one. Other than that, I'm passing uh, on the blue line. Uh, Caleb Jones has been getting some more minutes of late. Um, Connor Murphy got injured in the last game. Uh, that probably should mean more minutes for that second pair of, of Jones and McCabe. So I, I think like if you want to full punt Jones, that might be fine. Just not a lot I like for defensemen out of this one. Yeah, I mean, if you you want to correlate Chicago one, Seth Jones is fine. Caleb Jones is a fine punt. On the Boston side, if you want to put McAvoy in with Boston one, that's fine. But other than that, like, it's probably about it. I wish Carlo was cheaper because 3400 is me. All right, let's get to the absolute festival du jour. Uh, <laughs> we have uh, the Detroit Red Wings. Going into Edmonton, Detroit has a 2.6 implied goal total. Edmonton has a 3.9 implied goal total. Now, Edmonton is still without Jesse Pugliarvi and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. So they do have, you know, some moved around uh, pieces uh, in their top six. But we know who their big guns are. On the Red Wings side, uh, Tyler Bertuzzi is not in the lineup tonight. And Robbie Fabry, I, I believe he's out for the season with a torn ACL. I can be out for a lot of next season, too. Yeah, poor guy. Um, so Bertuzzi and um, Fabry out of the lineup. So looks like we're going to be rolling back Joe Valeno, Sam Kanye on the second line uh, for the Red Wings. I will say that they did change up their lines a, a little bit uh, in their last game, but um, – they just don't have a lot of guys they can turn to with Bertuzzi and Fabry both out now. So I assume that these lines stay relatively consistent. Um, wrote up Zach Hyman in the power plays article today. That guy is like playing 23 minutes a night. Um, 
over his last seven or eight games, they're really leaning heavily on their top guys here, Josh. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to sound like a broken record at the Oilers, but it's just what you do. Like, I, I guess you could just stack the top line. You know, Kane, McDavid, Yamamoto, they're fully correlated. And that helps you, you know, fit in some other stuff. Like, but for me, like, I just like power play stacking. I like having both McDavid and Dreisaitl in my lineup. I think that's a popular way to do it. So maybe just full stacking Edmonton one is a way to get a bit different in this high total high ownership game. So you could do that. But like for me, like I'll just put in McDavid, Dreisaitl and work in Kane, work in Hyman, work in Yamamoto and just go from there. I think, you know, full stacking Edmonton one is perfectly fine. Um, not a huge fan of full stacking um, Edmonton two. I just like having Connor McDavid in my lineup when I'm doing anything with the Oilers, like stacking Oilers and not using McDavid and him just going off would, I, it would keep me up for weeks. So like, I like sleeping. So I like putting McDavid in my oiler stacks on the wing side. Like I want to get behind some wings here because Oilers are just trash defensively. Their goalies have been bad, but like these line combinations with these injuries are just brutal. Um, maybe some contrarian Larkin Raymond two mans. Like I just, like if Nemest anyone but Nemestic, well, I shouldn't say anyone but Nemestikov, because there are some some wild things Lasville can do there. But like if it was even like Verona Larkin Raymond, I'd take a stab on Detroit one here. But like the way these lines are, it's just hard for me to get behind anything on Detroit. If there was something I'd go on Detroit, like it'd be like a Larkin Raymond, maybe Cedar or something like that, because. Edmonton, it's Edmonton's penalty kill that has been uh, a big problem for them basically the entire season. Now, it has improved somewhat. Um, they're towards the middle of the league by expected goals against, not near the bottom of the league, but they're also second in time shorthanded over the last six weeks next to only the Carolina Hurricanes, who, you know, they've been at the top the entire season. Edmonton's taken the second most penalties right behind them. So, like a Larkin Raymond Cedar stack or something like that, I think makes sense. But honestly, um, I don't really like we talk about it a lot of a lot of the time. Tyler Bertuzzi, I think, is their best player. I, and I really like Dylan Larkin. I think Tyler Bertuzzi is their best player. He's at least their best um, offensive playmaker. He's really the guy that stirs the drink on whatever line he's on. So probably out on Detroit here. I agree with you on Edmonton. Like, I think one way you can really get different is just stack uh, an even strength line because I'm looking at ownership. McDavid, 26 percent and Dreisaitl. 20% like that tells me that, you know, maybe 10 to 15% of stacks are going to have like both of them. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think you're going to see a lot of that here tonight. So if you want to get a bit different, if you're worried about duplicating or something like that, I, I think stacking just one of the even strength lines and it would be Edmonton one that I would go to uh, would be the way to go. I mean, that entire line's on the power play anyway. Right. So they're going to go into that Detroit second line. They're actually using dry as a shutdown line. Now dry <laughs> and McLeod. And that means that means McDavid McDavid's going to be going up against Joe Valeno all night. I, like stack McDavid, um, throw in some uh, Zach Hyman. He's been shooting the lights out. Uh, just hasn't been scoring uh, of late. He's well over four shots a game uh, since the Ryan Nugent or yeah since the Nugent Hopkins injury, I believe. So uh, don't mind Hyman on the blue line. Tyson Berry took over the power play role again last game. So like. <laughs> I don't know, man. I honestly think it's just Darnell Nurse or like Darnell Nurse. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. want to, I'm not playing a 4,800 Barry. What do you think? Yeah. Like, 
the Edmonton blue line when Barry's on the top power play is just brutal. So like, yeah, it's like nurse or nurse. You're right. Like <laughs> that's about it. On the Detroit side, I you know Cedar. If you're doing anything with Detroit, and other than that, next game. All right. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, before we get to that next game, let's talk a little bit about March Madness. Uh, happy March Madness, everybody. Uh, today is the last day that you can get $10 off our March Madness DFS package when you use the promo code MADNESS at checkout, all capital letters, all one word. Just click the link in the video description below to activate this offer. This will give you access to our college basketball DFS projections through the championship game for only $20. Again, that's promo code MADNESS at checkout to activate this offer, all capital letters, all one word. we got about 15 minutes left here. Uh, if you guys could in the chat, uh, please um, throw us that thumbs up, click that like button. It'll help us out. Click the subscribe button. If you're new here uh, and haven't subscribed yet, uh, please click that subscribe button. It really helps us out. And once again, thanks to Yahoo for being our sponsor. We do have a special giveaway for first-time Yahoo users. So if you haven't played over there, you can get some free money out of them. Just click the link in the video description below. Uh, coming up after us, the No House Advantage NBA Strategy Show at 3.30 Eastern with Aton and Terry. And then Aton uh, right back on the air at 4.30 Eastern uh, with the locks before lock. Uh, and then the double dose of the deeper dive and live before lock uh, for NBA coming up after them. So lots of basketball coming up after us if you're playing some NBA here tonight. All right, F final three games to get through here, Josh. New Jersey Devils, 2.7 implied goal total. Vancouver, 3.4 implied goal total. Vancouver has changed up their lines uh, with Elias Pettersson out. Uh, Bo Horvat is between Brock Besser and Nils Hoglander. JT Miller is between Tanner Pearson and Connor Garland. Now, Jesper Bratt, Joined Jack Hughes's line uh, in their last game. Those two have been absolutely outstanding together this year. The quirk here is that Nico Hishier practiced in a full contact. He's been injured. Had practiced in a full contact jersey and everything for the Devils yesterday. Wasn't at optional skate today, but they're saying he's still an option to play tonight, at least uh, from what we have here right now. Hishier could be back, and if he's back, I think Brad moves back onto a line with him. So. I really, really, really like the Devils here tonight. I don't like that we don't have confirmation on what their lineup's going to be. What do you think here, Josh? Not 100% convinced Brat moves back. I think Zacha, Zaka has been really good on the second line. So they, you maybe he moves to the wing and you see like Zaka, Heesher, Mercer. Maybe. Like it, it's just conjecture. But like if Hughes and Brat are together, I'm very interested in that line. For multiple reasons. One, they're getting no ownership. Two, they're very good together. And three, Bruce Boudreaux likes sending out Tyler Mott, Yuho Miko, and Matthew Highmore against Top Comp for whatever reason. So that is a very good matchup. So assuming it's Sharon Govich, Hughes, Brat, I'm in on them. We'll have to wait and see. Unfortunately, it's a 10 p.m. Eastern game. I think you need to have some swaps ready. Who my bugs bunny? Swaps ready if you're considering the devils here. On the Vancouver side. Like, again, I'll just go to whatever line Pearson's on for, five, for like, five on five. Like, the Devils' top two lines, when healthy, are pretty good. So, like, I, I'm not a huge fan of the Canucks tonight, despite the 3.4 total. The one thing I would do, and I wish, like, 
I guess they're using two defensemen on the top power play, which I don't like. But like, if anything, I would power play stack and go like JT Miller, Horvat, Besser, just because like the Devils take a fair share of penalties. The penalty kill is okay, but Nico Dawes is very up and down. So if I was going to do anything on the Canucks, it would probably be a power play stack. Yeah. Um, I wrote up the that Jersey second line, assuming Brad would be playing with his year. Um, Cause that line has been excellent together this year. They probably get some death matchups in Vancouver, but again, we just don't know what that lineup is going to look like. And it worries me because it, it is a pretty good spot. Like Vancouver bottom 10 by expected goals against a five on five over the last six weeks, bottom 10 on the penalty kill by expected goals against over the last six weeks. They just haven't been good defensively for a little while now. Um, and, you know, New Jersey, when they're clicking, like when Hughes and Brad are rolling, they are just absolute dynamos offensively. So, yeah, like if we got confirmation that Sharon Govich, Hughes and Brad were playing tonight, I would absolutely be locking them in as a filler. Uh, I really do like that line here tonight. They're coming in with uh, no ownership, 0.6%. Uh, one of our better leverage lines, uh, one of the top 10 leverage lines we have on this entire slate here tonight assuming that they're aligned together. That's the whole problem. There's no matchup uh, on the Vancouver side that really worries me here. Like this particular Vancouver one iteration, iteration uh, Miller, Garland, and Pearson has played together this year. Not a ton, uh, but they have uh, about 70 minutes and they're underwater by scoring chance share. So I think that Hughes line, assuming Brad is there, can do very well. Just look for any information uh, about his year's return or anything like that here tonight on the blue line. I don't know, man. I know that they're playing Oliver Ekman Larson on the top power play unit. <laughs> and I know like he's playing 21 or 22 minutes a night, but man, it just seems pretty expensive. I'd probably rather just pay the extra, extra money for Quinn Hughes on the New Jersey side. Like I think correlating with Damon Severson is fine. Otherwise I would just go down to punt to like a Siegenthaler or something like that. What do you think? I agree with everything you said. I literally have nothing to add there. All right. Let's get along to our next game then. Colorado, 3.6 implied goal total going into Los Angeles. The Kings have a 2.5 implied goal total. Alex, I follow uh, back to the top line for Los Angeles. Colorado is going to be without Gabriel Landeskog. He is injured. That has pushed uh, Valerie Natushkin to the top line with Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen. Now, here's an interesting little note for you, Josh. Nachushkin and McKinnon haven't played well together this year. I was looking up their sample today. They've only played 60 minutes, which is, you know, that's not a lot. It's five, six games worth of ice time. Blow up, blow water by shot share, blow water by scoring chance share, giving up 40 scoring chances against per 60 minutes. That is awful. The Kings top line has been playing pretty well of late. What do you think here, Josh? It's funny because on the, I have Nat's stat trick pulled up and I saved Colorado one just for the, like that, like this top line with Rand and Nishushkin McKinnon, they've only played 38 minutes, all three of them together this season, but they're underwater by most metrics here. So like, it's a bit confusing, but I don't know. Like they just, they don't pass the eye test either. It just looks like they're trying to put a circle block into a square hole. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. Um, so yeah, they're pretty chalky and they're our top stack by top two stack percentage in our top stacks tool. So like, I don't know, I'm kind of interested in this King's top line here. Uh, they're fairly cheap. They're getting about three, 4%, which is fine. 
Um, if I was going to do anything on the Kings, it would be LA one, LA two, I think is okay as well. I just, I don't know they're coming in more owned than Kings one. And I'd rather just go to a line that I know has played well this season going into Colorado. So it'd be LA one for me on the Colorado side. It does worry me that they haven't played great together for how pricey they are. That being and their ownership is, you know, creeping up to like 15%. That being said, this is a pretty good spot for them. I just, I don't know. Like, I think I'd rather play pit one at 1% than Colorado one at 15% tonight. It's just a personal preference. If you want to play Colorado one, you know what McKinnon can do. He can absolutely just nuke a slate. Or if, if you want like price comparables with ownership, I think I'd rather play Edmonton than Colorado tonight. Um, so, you know, I think Colorado's fine because it is McKinnon and Rand and maybe they figured out the shoeskin. I just, I do worry about their numbers. Their numbers aren't great. So I think Colorado one's fine, but I prefer to play Edmonton or Pittsburgh. And on the Kings side, I do like the Kings top line. Yeah. Um, Kings top line, by the way, their last 100 minutes together, 61% of the scoring chances generate 37 scoring chances per 60 minutes. Um, a good point brought up in our chat. Yeah, the Kings are missing a fair amount of defensemen. Um, Drew Doughty out of the lineup. Matt Roy likely not to be back. But this Jordan Spence kid they called up is having a great season in the AHL. 42 points in 46 games, two and a half shots per game as a 20-year-old. That's really good. Like Sean Dursey has looked good for them. Um, I, there are questions with that Los Angeles blue line. There, are, You know, that's there's no doubt about that. Um, it's just the fact that th- – that, Los Angeles top line has been great. It's not a very good matchup for the Colorado top line. I, like you said, I'd rather just go to like Pittsburgh one or something like that. Uh, Kings one for me, just watch for Philip Deneau. Uh, he may be out of the lineup uh, here tonight. Um, on the blue line with Josh Manson in the lineup for Colorado, that probably nukes Eric Johnson's ice time. Uh, maybe that Jordan Spence kid from Los Angeles for cheap. He played 23 minutes in the last game. What do you think? Yeah, he's had three games with the Kings. His first game was the lowest. The last two, he's been 22, 23 minutes. So 2,600, I think that's fine. Sean Dursey, also fine if you're in that mid-range. Uh, on the Colorado side, it's really just Taze or McCarr, I think. Like, I, I want to wait and see what kind of role Manson plays before I deploy him. As a okay. Uh, should mention, before we get out of here, uh, we have one game left, but Nico Hischier confirmed to be in the lineup tonight for New Jersey. So, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe we can get some lineup uh, information at some point. Final game, Florida going into San Jose. Uh, Florida has a 3.9 implied goal total. The Sharks have a 2.7 implied goal total. This is really bugging me because this is Joe Thornton's return to the lineup, and it's also Joe Thornton's return to San Jose. And they put Joe Thornton on the top line with Alexander Park. <laughs> At, at morning skate today. I don't think Joe Thornton stays on the top line all game long. I think you see one of like Marchman or Mammon or somebody move up to the top line. I can't see Joe Thornton jumping right back into the mix with Alexander Barkov on the top line. I think they're just doing this as like for, uh, for the face-off, you know, the opening face-off or something like that. I imagine Thornton gets moved back down eventually. Um, I don't know, like Florida two with Sam Reinhardt there has excellent numbers this season, and they're going to avoid that Timo Meyer Logan Couture matchup. I really like Florida two here. Kel Surprise, what do you like? Yeah, uh, the Florida coach said Mammon is scratched. So I think if Thornton doesn't stick there, I think you see Duclair move up. 
So you get like Duclair, Barkov, or Hagee, something like that. But I'm in on, on Florida too. They're going to avoid Couture. They're going to get Hurdle, Barabanov, and John Leonard. I like John Leonard, but I don't know where he's been. In the I, AHL, that's where yeah. he's been. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, Florida too. Reinhardt moving up there is nice. Um, you know, Duclair struggled there a little bit. I think that's why you see him move down. But I think he moves up for Thornton's spot here. So Florida two for me. Um, I don't know, man. Florida one is interesting. I think Ber- uh, Barkov or Hagee is fine too, man. On the shark side, maybe some sharks want an MME, but that's about it. Uh, yep, I can agree with that. Um, not much for me on the blue line either. Jacob Middleton might be fine, like for some blocks or something like that. Uh, other than that, just correlating. What do you think? Yeah, I like Middleton. Uh, Carlson under 5K is all right because he's pretty decent peripherals. But that's about it. All right, that does it. We got 11 games out of the way. We will be back tomorrow. Tomorrow's a four-game slate, so not uh, nearly as much talking. Before we get out of here, Josh, I'm going to ask you for your hat-trick picks and your goalies. My hat-trick pick for tonight, Nikolai Ehlers from Winnipeg. Uh, My goalies, uh, Darcy Kemper, Marc-Andre Fleury, Jake Ottinger, and if you really want to spice it up, James Reimer. Who you got? I agree with the goalies. I like King Carroll as a punt. Nadelkovich under 7K against the Oilers, like not in super enthusiastic about it, but if he sees the shot volume and, you know, doesn't give up nine goals, he might be okay on DraftKings. And my hat trick pick is going to be Sam Reinhardt. Ooh, I like it. Uh, slipping Sammy Reinhardt. Nikolai Ehlers are your hat trick picks for tonight. We are out of here. Uh, lots of NBA talk coming up after us. Uh, so stick around for that. We will be back tomorrow. But until then, for producer Tyler, for our single entry assassin, Mr. Joshua Harris. And for our little buddy here, uh, I'm Michael Clifford saying good luck tonight, everybody. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.